Welcome to this podcast featuring well-known Bible teacher, Kevin Connor. For more information, visit kevinconnor.org. Thank you to turn your Bibles tonight just to uh, two brief passages of, scri- of Scripture because we will be referring to a number of Scriptures. So let's turn to the Gospel of John. John's Gospel. And I'd like, uh, for the purpose of our study tonight, to uh, read, first of all, chapter 3, a few verses from chapter 3, and then we're going to go back to chapter 1. Okay, John's Gospel, chapter 3, a few verses, and then back to John's Gospel, chapter 1. All right, in verse uh, 3 of John, chapter 3, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, or those of you who have the marginal reference, except a man be born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter. He cannot see the kingdom. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born from above. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. All right, let's turn back to chapter 1. And we'll pick up from verse 29, chapter 1, verse 29. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh or beareth away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him, and I knew him not. But he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Spirit. And I saw and bare record that this is the Son of God. Now, as I mentioned on Sunday morning, we're going to spend uh, tonight and next Thursday night on on these particular questions. And uh, from time to time, particularly with new people coming into the church and uh, coming from various uh, church backgrounds, I get questions like this, and I'm just going to read off my notes here. And uh, next week when we complete it, you'll be getting an extra sheet with fuller details on, but I want you to fill in your PACE program tonight in the ACE school. Is that all right? So that I take you along with me. Okay, so these are some of the problem questions that are raised. Do all born-again believers have the Holy Spirit? Is there need for a further experience such as the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Uh, Do you have to speak in tongues to be saved? Uh, Why make two experiences? Uh, We have uh, various expositors and ministers today who say, well, when we accept the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, our Lord and Savior, we have everything in Christ, there's nothing more to be got, Uh, We've got it all. There's nothing more to receive. We have everything in Christ, so there's no second blessing, third blessing, or I'm up to my two millionth blessing now. Um, 
And uh, then we have questions like this. Well, what about Romans 8 and 9, where it says, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. In fact, uh, the Amplified puts it this way. Uh, but uh, if anyone does not possess the Holy Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He does not belong to Christ. He's not truly a child of God. And so the point is raised, well, when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, we already have the Holy Spirit, so we should not look for a Pentecostal charismatic experience, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or any subsequent experience with the Holy Spirit, because when we're born again, we get the Holy Spirit, the baptism, all at the same experience. Okay, so these are the problems and the questions that we want to look at tonight and, to, and uh, next Thursday night. And I do want to encourage you to be back next Thursday night because you're only going to get some of the picture tonight and uh, we want to sort of complete it next week. And I trust that if uh, this is, is clear in your own understanding that as new people come to the church or various people come from other uh, fundamental historic uh, church backgrounds that this lesson or these two lessons tonight and next week will be able to help you as you share on the word on this area. So as we've got on the top of your sheet here, we're going to talk about the new birth being distinguished from the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now I'd like, just before we start into our PACE program here, I'd like to put a proposition on the overhead, and it is pretty lengthy, but I still would like to encourage you to take it down, because uh, it just is a fact that you remember far more. In fact, I stuck it in my Bible so I would remember it, and I hope you remember. How much does a learner remember? You remember 15% of what you read in a book. You can remember about 10% of what you hear. You can remember about 50% of what you see. Uh, you can remember 75% of what you see and hear. And you can remember 75% of what you say with your mouth, but you can remember 95% of what you say and do. So uh, I hope you remember that. Is that all right? So I'd like you to take this proposition down and then we're going to explore this proposition together tonight and next week, okay? I'll read it out to you first, but I'd like to encourage you to take it down. Okay, our proposition that we're going to be exploring together tonight and next Thursday night is this. New birth and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism with or in the Holy Spirit is a distinct supernatural experience, anointing and equipment for service unto the Lord. It is an experience at or subsequent to and different from being born of the Spirit or sanctification or the fruit of the Spirit. I say that because uh, I was Salvation Army and so we were taught the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the second blessing or the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the uh, experience of sanctification that other uh, fighting fundamental churches say, well, the baptism of the Spirit is the fruit of the Spirit. Okay, so I want to make sure we get the point there. It is an experience at or subsequent to and different from being born of the Spirit or sanctification or the fruit of the Spirit. New Testament believers may experience two major operations of the same Holy Spirit. I've underlined those things and we'll be exploring this proposition together. So New Testament believers may experience two major operations of the same Holy Spirit, i.e., being born of the Spirit and being baptized in the Spirit. Okay, why don't we just all sort of, while you're taking down there, sort of verbalize it with me. Okay, let's all say it together. One, two, three, okay? The baptism with or in the Holy Spirit is a distinct supernatural experience, 
anointing and equipment for service unto the Lord. It is an experience at or subsequent to and different from being born of the Spirit or sanctification or the fruit of the Spirit. New Testament believers may experience two major operations of the same Holy Spirit, i.e. being born of the Spirit and being baptized in the Spirit. Okay? Everybody clear? So much for our proposition. All right, how many have finished taking that down? Why? <laughs> Can't you write two hands here? Okay, I'll say it again and then I'll put it back on after because we've got a lot of material to cover here. All right, so we're talking about the distinction between new birth or being born of the Spirit and the baptism of or with or in the Holy Spirit. So say again, the baptism with or in the Holy Spirit is a distinct supernatural experience, anointing and equipment for service unto the Lord. It is an experience at or subsequent to and different from being born of the Spirit or sanctification or the fruit of the Spirit. New Testament believers may experience two major operations of the same Holy Spirit, that is being born of the Spirit and being baptized in the Spirit. I wonder if uh, somebody would be kind enough to get me just a glass of water. My radiator is getting a little bit hot here. <clears throat> okay, let's turn over to the notes now that I've uh, given out here. And we're going to look at two, uh, two, uh, two examples tonight. First of all, we're going to look at the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church. Uh, why don't we sort of hold this and I'll put it back afterwards because we, we, we've got a lot of fill in here tonight. So I'll put this back on afterwards if you haven't uh, uh, finished it yet. Okay, so let's go to our sheet here at the moment on uh, number one. All right, so as I'm saying here, we're going to look at two major examples tonight. We'll do the rest next week. First of all, we're going to look at the Lord Jesus Christ as the head of the church. I'd like to encourage you to take down some seed thoughts here. Head of the church... And he is the pattern son. He's the head of the church. And what happened in the head of the church, experientially, especially in the air we're talking about tonight, uh, he wants to see that flow down into the body, the church, the members of the body of Christ, the church. Thank you, John. Bless you. You give a cup of water in the name of a disciple. Whose name do I get this in, John? St. Peter. Oh, St. Paul, you won't lose your reward. Don't you people know the scriptures on these things? Here's the good old water, the stuff to drink your water. Thank you, it's lovely. Melbourne water is some of the most beautiful water in the world. <clears throat> I think I'll stay here after all. <laughs> okay. Let's look then at the experience of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now remember what we've said in our proposition, particularly the latter part, New Testament believers may experience two major operations of the same Holy Spirit, i.e. being born of the Spirit and number two, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Okay, under A, we're going to look at two major scriptures that show that Jesus Christ, as to his humanity and as the head of the church, he was A, born of the Spirit. How many can say a big amen to that? The Lord Jesus Christ was born of the Spirit. If anybody was born of the Spirit, he was. It's remarkable how Christians today, like when we get to the epistle of John, we say, he that is born of, the, of, of God cannot sin. Huh? 
Now, how many are born of God here tonight? I think we better have an altar call because a lot of hands are done seeing it. How many are born of God tonight? Do you sin? Well, it says he that is born of God cannot sin. Isn't it amazing how Christians will snitch that for themselves, say, yeah, I'm born of God. Oh, well, I cannot sin. And yet we won't apply it to the Lord Jesus Christ. If anybody was born of God, he was. He's the first fruits, the first begotten, the chief firstborn among many brethren, so born of the Spirit. All right, without turning to these scriptures, I'm going to trust you've read the Bible through at least 10 times. In Luke chapter 1, verse 30 to 35, the scripture you've got here, remember when the angel Gabriel appeared to the Virgin Mary and said, you will conceive and bring forth a son and call his name Jesus. Mary said, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel Gabriel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and overshadow you and he'll plant within your womb the incorruptible seed. Now you'll have to listen carefully because I'm choosing my words very particularly here. So the Holy Spirit will overshadow you and he'll plant within your womb the incorruptible seed which is the word of God. And that which will be born of thee will be called the Son of God, that holy thing. So when Jesus Christ, who was begotten of the Holy Spirit, born of the Holy Spirit, born of Mary as to his humanity, but conceived of the Holy Spirit as to his conception. Truly, if we dare to say that we sinful mortal beings are born of God and we're born of the Spirit, how much more should we say Jesus Christ was born of the Spirit? And when I get notices from uh, different ones here about ministers in the Anglican Church denying the virgin birth, that we don't have to believe in the virgin birth, how many are glad that we believe in a Bible-believing church here? Amen. Because see, if Jesus Christ is not virgin born, better not get onto that, then the whole plan of redemption falls to the ground. Because if he's not virgin born, he's not sinless. And if he's not sinless, he cannot be our saviour. And he needs to be saved himself from his own sin. So if Jesus Christ is not virgin born, the whole plan of redemption hangs on that fact. I confess my faith in the virgin birth of Christ. Amen. So, all right, the point I want you to pick up here, Jesus Christ is born of the Spirit. He was the new creature the new creation, the Son of God. We say, if any man be in Christ is a new creation, a new creature, all things pass away. But if anyone was a new creature, and a new creation, Jesus Christ was, amen? All right, so next to Luke 1, 30 to 35, Christ is the new creature, the new creation, the Son of God. Matthew 1, verses 18 through to 23, confirms the fact of the virgin birth, that Jesus Christ was conceived of the Holy Spirit, Thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which is God with us. So under Matthew there, he was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of or begotten of God. All right, so we can all say a hearty amen that Jesus Christ is the head of the church, was born of the Spirit. He's the first of the new creation, the beginning of the creation of God, the new creation talks about there. And he's born of, begotten of, and conceived of the Holy Spirit. And how many believe that Jesus Christ as the Son of God was the obedient Son for 30 years? At least. All right, now number B. 30 years later, before Jesus Christ begins his ministry, he receives another operation of the same Holy Spirit. Now I'm going to keep repeating this all the way through these cases because... 
they are foolproof as far as the Bible is concerned. Uh, two, uh, two major operations of the same Holy Spirit. Born of the Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit. All right, so under B, 30 years later we see that Jesus Christ was baptized or empowered of the Spirit. Now I'd like you to turn over to John chapter 3 here, John chapter 3. John chapter 3. I'm not saying that you have to give all these scriptures to everybody you talk to, but I'm particularly thinking of people who come from other churches and so forth and who really are sincere and want an honest scriptural, sound scriptural answer, then I believe these things will help us. Okay, John chapter 3, and uh, we'll pick up verse 34. Let me ask you a question first. John chapter 3, verse 34. How many believe that Jesus received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Hands up. How many don't? How many are frightened of getting caught? Uh, probably being theological tonight, uh, I don't like to use the expression that Jesus Christ received the baptism of the Holy Spirit for this reason. I do use it. But in verse 34 of John 3 it says, For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God, for God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. So Jesus Christ, see we receive the Spirit in measure. Oh, we say we're full of the Spirit. But have we got the fullness of the Spirit? Eh? And it's the same with the gifts of the Spirit. How many believe Jesus Christ had the gifts of the Spirit? Hands up. How many uh, don't know? How many frightened getting caught again? Okay, the answer is no. Because you see, when we receive the gifts of the Spirit, we receive a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, a word of prophecy. Jesus Christ didn't receive a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. He did, but he didn't. He had the spirit of knowledge and the spirit of wisdom. See, we receive the spirit in measure. We have a measure of faith. We have a measure of the spirit. We have a measure of the gifts of Christ. We don't get the fullness. None of us, that's why, you know, when people go around and say, well, I've got the fullness, then we don't need the body of Christ. We don't need one another. I haven't got the fullness. Of his fullness have all we received and grace for grace. See? But it doesn't say his fullness have I received. None of us have got the fullness, otherwise we destroy the body of Christ. Of his fullness, I've got a little measure, you've got a measure, but of his fullness of all we receive, the fullness is in the body, not one ministry, not one man. That's why any church who suffers under one man or one ministry year after year after year are going to get a warped mind. That's why we need a variety of ministries in the body to share truth, otherwise we become spiritually, mentally retarded. I better get off that. Okay, so uh, verse 34, For God giveth not the Spirit by measure. Anyway, you can put down under B, back to your notes here. All right, Jesus Christ was baptized or empowered of the Spirit. So under B, fill in, Jesus Christ was baptized or empowered of the Spirit. I'll use the terminology. Okay, now the point I want to ask you here, Jesus Christ was born of the Spirit 30 years ago. And he had the Spirit then, didn't he? How many believe he was born in the Spirit and had the Spirit? Well, what happened here at the River Jordan when he was water baptized and as he came up out of the water baptism, he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? No, he could have said to John, hey, listen here, John. 
Don't tell me about another experience of the Holy Spirit. I was born of the Spirit. I'm a new creation. I'm the Son of God. I've been led of the Spirit for 30 years of my life. And you say, I need another experience of the Holy Spirit. I reject this Holy Spirit dove coming upon me. I've got the Spirit. Because when I went to the fundamental churches, they told me I did. But he didn't say that. Now, I want to ask you the question because I want to, you know, get you into the truth. What happened here when he was born of the Spirit and what happened here when the Spirit descended upon him like a dove? Two distinct operations of the same Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Okay. So, using our language here, he was born of the Spirit. 30 years later, he was water baptized. And as he was coming out of water baptism... He received Holy Spirit baptism or the Spirit without measure. And you'll notice that Jesus Christ did not begin ministry until he was anointed with the Holy Spirit, fulfilling the Scriptures that the high priest could not begin ministry or no priest could begin ministry until he was 30 years of age. So here is the high priest after the order of Melchizedek being anointed to move into priestly ministry. Joseph was 30 years of age when he came to the throne. David was 30 years of age when he came to the throne. Priests had to be anointed to ministry when they were 30 years of age, the number of consecration. Jesus fulfilling Joseph and David and the priest. He's 30 years of age when he's anointed of the Holy Spirit. Now, not two different Holy Spirits. And so I got the Holy Spirit back here, but this is a different spirit. The same Holy Spirit, but two distinct operations of the Spirit. Born of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, anointed, baptized with the Spirit. Everybody see that? Now, he's the head of the church. Now, he sets the pattern. He is the pattern son of God. We all want to be like him. Now, the only point of a difference we would say is you don't need to wait 30 years for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All right, let's go through these scriptures without reading them. I'm going to give you a fill-in. Okay, so under number one, I'll just say number one, two, three, four, five, right through to ten. Once Jesus was born of the Spirit, undoubtedly he was the Son of God and the new creature for 30 years. And uh, once he was baptized in the Holy Spirit under B, his whole life was a life of total dependence on the Spirit. So these are the thoughts I want you to put in here. Number one, filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove, filled with the Holy Spirit. If anybody was filled with the Holy Spirit, he is the sinless Son of God was. The dove came upon the Lamb. Number two, he was anointed of the Holy Spirit. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. When was he anointed? When he was born of the Spirit? Or when he was baptized and born and baptized in the Holy Spirit? When are we anointed? Why are the Christians called Christians because Christ means the anointed one when did Jesus become the Christ when did he become the anointed one oh we know he was born the Christ and he was eternally the Christ but we're talking about his humanity he became Jesus Christos or Jesus anointed when the Holy Spirit came upon him and anointed him and so he went into the synagogue and said Spirit of the Lord has creoed me anointed me made me the Christ the anointed what about Christians who are not just those who have accepted Christ but are anointed ones? All right, number three, he was led of the Spirit. 
led of the Spirit. Number four, he preached the gospel by the Spirit. Preached the gospel by the Spirit. Spirit of the Lord is upon me to heal the sick and to bind up the broken heart, to open the eyes of the blind and so forth and preach good tidings to the poor. He preached the gospel by the Spirit. Number five, he cast out devils by the Spirit. If he said, if I by the finger of God, one gospel says the finger of God, or if I by the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God is the finger of God. So if I by the finger of God or by the Spirit of God do cast out devils, the Holy Spirit is greater than every demon. That shows the Holy Spirit's omnipotent, all-powerful. Number six, he healed the sick by the power of the Spirit. He went about healing all that were sick and all that were oppressed of the devil. So number six, he healed the sick by the power of the Holy Spirit. He healed the sick by the power of the Spirit. Am I going too fast? Number seven, beautiful scripture. Hebrews 9.14 tells us that even on Calvary, he offered himself up on Calvary as the sacrifice for sin. He offered himself up by the eternal spirit. It was the Holy Spirit who enabled Jesus in his humanity to offer himself as a sacrifice how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without God? So your thought there is he was offered as a sacrifice on Calvary by the eternal spirit. Offered as a sacrifice on Calvary by the eternal spirit. Number eight, he was raised from the dead by the spirit. If the same spirit dwell in you, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he'll quicken your mortal bodies. Actually the key to divine healing. I didn't say faith healing. We don't believe in faith healing. I believe in divine healing. There's a lot of cults who believe in faith healing but not divine healing. So he said, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, shall he not quicken your mortal bodies? How many appreciate that? So number eight, he was raised from the dead by the Spirit. Number nine, last reference to the Holy Spirit in relation to the Lord Jesus uh, on earth is that he gave commandments to the disciples by the Spirit. He gave commandments to the disciples by the Spirit. All right, so we notice all the way through we have two major operations of the Spirit. Now notice the consistency of Christ, the head of the church. He was born of the Spirit as the new creature, the new creation, the Son of God, conceived of the Holy Spirit, the incorruptible seed of the Word. Well, we say we're born of the Spirit. We've got the incorruptible seed of the Word in us. How much more Him as the head of the church? And then 30 years later, He received another distinctive operation of the Holy Spirit and the rest of his life was lived in the power of that Spirit, filled with the Spirit, anointed by the Spirit, led of the Spirit, preached the gospel by the Spirit, cast out devils by the Spirit, healed the sick by the power of the Spirit, offered himself as a sacrifice on Calvary by the eternal Spirit, raised from the dead by the Spirit, and gave commandments to the disciples before his ascension by the Spirit. If, if Jesus was so totally dependent upon the Spirit, how much more should we be? Now, one of the prophets, Zechariah, says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Let's turn over to one scripture before we move on to the next section. I'd like you to turn back to John's Gospel, chapter 1. John's Gospel, chapter 1.
through the passage we read, now you'll notice that we started off our teaching session tonight, we read John chapter 3 where he speaks of being born of the Spirit, but we read John chapter 1 where he speaks about being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now why have we got two different terms there? John 3 is being born of the Spirit, John 1 is being baptized with the Spirit. Now, if they are interchangeable, one and the same thing, why have two different terms here? When, say, in the life of the Lord Jesus, for a start, we see a distinction. Two distinct operations of the same Holy Spirit. Okay, John chapter 1, very important, and verse 31, we'll pick up again. John the Baptist speaking. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest, revealed, brought out where he could be seen to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bare record saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it abode upon him. It's so beautiful here. Behold the Lamb and upon the Lamb comes the dove. You see, the nature of the dove belongs to the nature of the Lamb. No believer ever receives the dove upon him. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy, the, the Holy Spirit came and the disciples were baptized with the Holy Spirit and what? Fire. What's the fire for? Burn up the chaff and the, uh, the, the dross and the sin. But he doesn't need the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. The lamb and the dove are the natures that go together. All right, verse 33. Very important verse now. And I knew him not. So even though John was uh, the Lord's cousin, he knew him not that he was the Messiah. But he that sent me to baptize with water gave me this sign. The same said to me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending, and I'd like you to underline the next four words, and remaining on him. Now here's the key. He's the Messiah. The same is the one which baptizeth with the Holy Spirit. Now put yourself in John's position. He's baptizing and multitudes of men and women. And when the Lord came to him in the wilderness and said, Okay, John, I want you to go into the in the wilderness of Judea, I want you to go down by the river Jordan and I want you to preach doctrine of repentance and faith towards the coming Messiah, water baptism and the coming baptism of the Holy Spirit. And one of these days, the Messiah is going to come and I'll give you a sign and I'll tell you how you'll know he's the Messiah. You're going to see heaven open, you'll see the Spirit descending upon him as a dove and when you see that, the Spirit will not descend as a dove but the Spirit would descend upon him and remain. He's the baptizer. And because he is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit, he can fill everybody with the Holy Spirit. In fact, through him, people are going to be born of the Spirit and be baptized in the Spirit. So as John was baptizing day after day, hundreds, when's he coming, Father? When's the Messiah coming? Looking for this sign. And then all of a sudden, Jesus comes. The revelation. Behold, the Lamb of God. And the lamb comes now in preparation for the sacrifice because every lamb had to be washed in water before it was offered sacrificially on the altar and blood was shed, water and blood. So the lamb comes and he baptizes the lamb in water, a spotless, pure, sinless lamb. And as the lamb comes up out of the waters of death, the spirit of resurrection comes upon him in the form of a dove. John C. He said, this is the baptizer. He'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I baptize you with water. I can bury you. But he'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit. He'll raise you. Okay. But this is the sign. 
upon whom thou should see the Spirit descending and remaining. Now see, in the Old Testament, and uh, we probably, yes, we'll do that just before we finish. In the Old Testament, the Spirit would descend, Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, but not remain. Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson, not remain. Spirit of the Lord came upon uh, Jephthah, not remain. The Spirit of the Lord came upon David, not remain. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Old Testament saints. Because you see, as we'll pick up next week, we'll have to, no Old Testament saint could be born again under animal blood. The new birth is the product of the blood of Jesus Christ. Now we're going to be dealing with them in the next area here. But nobody could be born of the Spirit. But the Spirit would descend upon them, but not remain. But here's the distinctive sign. Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining. He's the, he's the Messiah. He's the anointed. He's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. So that's exactly what happened. Okay, looks like our time's up, but I want to put this into your mind and we'll have to pick it up next week. All right, now we're going to pick this up next week. I, I was hoping to cover more than we did tonight. But next week we want to look at the disciples. And I want to look at the disciples in three areas. So please make sure, raise it up a little bit. Oh, raise it down a little bit. I want to look at the disciples in three particular areas because we are living at the overlapping of dispensation. See, we have on the diagram here the Holy Spirit under Old Testament times. Now, I've only picked out one thing, but under Old Testament times, Spirit would descend, not remain. Nobody could be born of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit never indwelt people forever because Jesus said, when the Spirit comes, He's going to dwell with you forever. He'll never leave you. Oh, in the Old Testament, the Spirit would come upon them, leave them, uh, anoint them, equip them, then leave. But none, never remain. Because the Spirit could not remain until the blood of Jesus was shed. Now we come to the overlapping of dispensations here, which the cross represents. We've looked at the Lord Jesus Christ as the pattern, born of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, and His whole life in total dependence upon the Spirit. Now we want to look at the Holy Spirit in New Testament times. Now... What we'll pick up next week is three things here. We want to look at the unique experience of the disciples, one, before the cross. Now, how many believe that the disciples, the apostles and the disciples of Jesus, I'm talking about the true ones, how many, of them, uh, how many believe that they were saved? Have you got a hand? Anybody got a hand there? How many believe they were born of the Spirit before the cross? Smile, the uncanny camera. All right, so we want to look at the experience of the disciples before the cross, before the feast of Passover. Now, note the significance of it. Then number two, we're going to look at the disciples after the cross, but before Pentecost. Two different feasts here, Passover, Pentecost. Two major experiences. And then we want to look at the disciples at Pentecost. What happened at Pentecost? What happened before Pentecost? What happened before the cross? All right, and then we'll pick up the cases in the book of Acts. Okay, how many of you have received and understood this tonight? So far, everybody clear? All right, let me just put this statement back on for those who did not finish it. I'll just say it again and we'll pick it up next week. Okay, so we're talking about the new birth and baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism with or in the Holy Spirit is a distinct 
supernatural experience, anointing and equipment for service unto the Lord. It is an experience at or subsequent to and different from being born of the Spirit or sanctification or the fruit of the Spirit. New Testament believers may experience two major operations of the same Holy Spirit, being born of the Spirit and being baptized in the Spirit. Okay, we'll pick this up in our study next week. Everybody, okay, you want to raise it up or what? Yes? The answer to number 10. Okay, sorry, thank you. The answer to number 10 is he is the baptizer with the Holy Spirit because the Spirit descended and remained on him. He is the baptizer with the Holy Spirit because the Spirit descended and remained on him. This was the sign of the Messiah. He is the baptizer with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit descended and remained on him. This was the sign of the Messiah. For more on this important topic, be sure to acquire a copy of Kevin Connor's book entitled Understanding and Distinguishing the New Birth from the Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Visit kevinconnor.org for details.